for me, Lord, and that um, the word would sit deeply with each and every person here, um, and that we'd go from here, God, different people. We pray these things in your name. Amen. And so I think, um, wow, this is loud. To start, I'd just like to kind of give a little bit of my story. Um, you know, growing up for me, I came from a family that was Christian background. Um, I had, both my parents were saved, um, and so they raised me kind of knowing the word um, and having that in my life. Um, but we had a bit of a difference where um, I spent a lot of time going to an Ethiopian church as I grew up. But um, we found a church closer to home, and so as we did, um, we'd split time between the two churches, um, and I, didn't, I had kind of a split identity in my faith, you know. I'd be going somewhere for the community, and then I went somewhere for the word, and that kind of was an issue for me. And so um, I think a big thing that I struggled with growing up was being able to share my faith um, and what I know about uh, the Lord with others. And so tonight, kind of the title of the message is um, A Page in a Novel, um, how you can be a part in someone else's story. Um, I think it's something I've really struggled a lot with. Um, you know, when they asked me to speak, they said, think of something uh, that you've struggled with. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of things, but I thought this would be really applicable and something I'd love to talk about tonight. Uh, so just kind of to start off with my first point, um, my first point is arming ourselves with the Word of God um, and spending time alone with Him and staying on our guard constantly. I think that was actually three points, but... Anyways, um, I think that's really important. Uh, I, I want to ask a quick question. How many of you guys, I know it's finals week, study alone, and how many of you guys like to study in a group? So study alone? Okay, that's a lot of people. And study in a group. Okay. So we've got a few. Um, but yeah, for me, I like to study alone, and I think a big reason for that is because I feel like, one, that's where I'm most productive, but two, that time I spend alone allows me to gain expertise on whatever it is that I'm studying um, so that I can accomplish my purpose, which, which is to do well, hopefully, on the exam. Um, and I think we see that throughout the gospel that, um, you know, how much more should we study God's word and focus in on that um, in our solitude with him so that we're able to accomplish our divine purpose, uh, which is to make his kingdom come. And so just a couple of things I've seen uh, throughout the book of Luke, we see that uh, Jesus responds um, to a lot of the, the temptations he has, and also as he's praying for, for others, he arms himself with the word. Uh, we see in Luke 4, um, verses 4, 8, and 12, Jesus is tempted three times. And it's interesting to see that the way that this happens uh, is through um, the word itself. You know, we see that the devil tempts him through the word, and Jesus responds with the word. And so the importance in that for me was knowing that Jesus is able to respond um, properly and, and in a way of conviction because he has the word in him. And in having the word in him, he's then able to respond um, in a way that, that we might not be able to if we're not constantly in the word. Um, we also see that the reason I say, you know, we should stay on our guard constantly uh, is because in Luke 4, 13, at the end of that temptation, it, it says, you know, the, then the devil left him, but it says until an opportune time. And so that tells us that um, we're constantly being um, tempted and we need to be on our guard continually throughout that. And so for me, I kind of learned from that that I need to continue to stay in my word, stay in the gospel, and make it a daily devotional for me. Uh, and we see that Jesus himself, in Luke 6, 12, he, as he's you know, preparing to pick his disciples and uh, see who's going to really spread his gospel throughout the world, he takes the whole night to pray. And he spends that whole time in prayer. 
um, picking those 12 disciples. And for me, if Jesus is practicing a spiritual discipline, I think it's a pretty good indication that I should be as well. And so just to get into my second point, um, I feel like, you know, if you really want to be able to, you know, be a part of someone's story, bring about change, um, you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And just a little story, um, I'm someone who likes usually to talk a lot. I don't know if you, you guys probably know that. Um, and so I'm that guy on the flight. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm the guy, if you're sitting next to me, I'm going to just like spend, I don't know how many hours, I'm sorry, like five hours. I'll try to keep a conversation going the whole time. And I've done it before, and it's worked. And then, you know, there's a few people who just are like, put their earphones in and cover their eyes, and they're just like, shut up. But, you know, you don't get that all the time. And so I've had a time where I was flying last year to, um, to London for a study abroad, and I, I don't know why, but I was sitting next to this girl, and we just were like, we're talking, and at the end of the conversation, she's like, I haven't told anyone this yet, but I just got engaged. And I was like, well, thank you for picking me to be the, you know, con congrats, I guess. I didn't know if I was excited enough, <laughs> but, but it was, you know, I was like, well, yeah, great. Um, but one thing I noticed in that whole time when I was thinking about this is that I've only once had a conversation about the gospel with someone that I was on a flight with. Um, you have all this time, you're in, a you're, you're in a setting where you have a chance to talk about anything, and only once did it come to me that I needed to share the gospel. And when I did, I found out the guy was a pastor, and I was like, oh, well, that was easy. <laughs> and so we kinda, I didn't really do, do much there either. Um, but I think a big issue that I had was, one, of course, the, like, you know, the awkwardness. We don't feel like um, we think people will judge us, people won't receive us the same way as they had before. Um, we're afraid to take chances and to take risks. Um, but for me, you know, thinking about this and reading through it, um, I think a miracle, I looked up the definition this week, and a miracle is defined as something that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws. And so for me, I took that and said, if I want an uncommon result, I have to be willing to do things also that are uncommon. Um, and that might mean taking the extra step, making an extra invitation, um, asking an extra question. Whatever it might look like for each and every one of us, I think that it's important that we push ourselves um, kind of out of our comfort zone. Uh, this is something, you know, John Piper puts it a different way in his study guide, Don't Waste Your Life. He says, if you live life gladly to make others glad in God, your life will be hard, your risks will be high, and your joy will be full. Um, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be comfortable. Um, but I've seen and I've noticed that a lot of the times uh, when we have moments of discomfort uh, and moments um, where we're not certain about what, you know, to say, that there's conviction happening in that time, and I think conviction is the first step in salvation. Um, and, you know, I think this is something that, where's Josh? Josh has talked about in the past. Uh, he says, you know, there's two types of pride that we have. I think at different moments I've had both of them. One is we feel like we're the only ones that can save others, you know, like we're so great, like, you know. But then the other one is that we think we're so far gone, we're so unqualified that... Um, we're not able to save others. You know, God can't use us. And I think one is an overestimation of ourselves. The other is an underestimation of God. Um, I think both are dangerous. Um, and I see throughout the Bible that God has a consistent track record of qualifying those he calls. He doesn't call those who are qualified. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Like, like Mike, Like Mike 2. Anybody? <laughs> and so it probably sounds really random, but, you know, you see in the movie Like Mike's a short little guy and he's playing basketball, you know, in, in, like, in the park, and he's not very good. And then he finds, you know, his secret weapon are these shoes, and those shoes allow him to be able 
um, to suddenly become qualified, the star of the NBA and all that, you know, dunking on people. Um, and I think, you know, for us, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but we should all be encouraged in the fact that Jesus has qualified us and that our secret weapon is his word. And if we have his word in our life, if we have his word in our heart, then we are able ourselves um, to reach out to others and to make an impact in others' lives. Uh, we see this in the word as well through um, the example of Saul in the New Testament who had spent a lot of his life persecuting Christians, literally holding people's things as others were murdered. And God used him throughout the book of the New Testament to be able to bring about change and impact um, in ways that are still being seen and felt today. And so I think if God could use Saul, he can use any of us. Um, and I you know, just want to share an example. This is an issue I've always had. Uh, is that we feel sometimes, you know, we disqualify people just, you know, by glancing at people, by perceiving a lot of things. You're just like, oh, that guy's got, I don't know, blue shoes on. I don't like blue shoes people because they're, they're crazy. Whatever it might be, we find reasons where, where, we, where we disqualify people without knowing anything about them. We find ways to, um, to just make it, you know, to, to, to avoid the situation. We're like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation with someone. I don't think it's going to work out. And we do that. And so... Um, I remember reading something once said by a, uh, an evangelist, Reinhard Bonke, and something he said was, uh, he was kind of walking on the street, and this guy kind of stumbles into him, he was kind of out of it, uh, and he got really mad in that moment, and he kind of passed judgment on him in his heart, uh, like, what is this guy doing, you know, like, does he know who I am, or whatever it might be, uh, and in that moment, God spoke into his heart, and he said, the only difference between you and him is me. I think that's something we forget a lot is that the only difference between us and anybody is the word that God has given us, the grace that God has shown us. Um, and if we operate in a spirit of gratitude, I think that um, we'll have an attitude shift. Um, we'll be able to operate in a way in which um, the grace that God has shown us can flow out of us and into others' lives. Um, and so kind of going into my third point now, we've talked about equipping ourselves with the word. We've talked about starting to push ourselves out of our comfort zone um, I think the third point is then we have to, using that, be able to turn ordinary interactions into extraordinary opportunities to share the gospel. Um, and doing that, I think we've got to do a couple things. One, of course, is you have to be willing to ask the difficult questions. And you have to start to become comfortable um, with discomfort or with awkwardness. We have to be willing to allow ourselves to place, to, to place um, ourselves in a position in which we have to share God's word and not really worry about... Um, you know, necessarily, like, what's going to happen, or just trust in God's ultimate wisdom and judgment for our lives, and trust that he's going to use us in whatever way he will. Um, and I've, you know, I've grown in this, and I've started to get better at, you know, trying to talk to people. I still have a long way to go, but um, I've seen in the past year, as I've been willing to push past discomfort, as I've been willing to look into the lives of others, um, and I've been willing to, you know, have these gospel conversations, gospel-centered, gospel-focused discussions with people, uh, that God has worked in amazing ways. And just a couple examples of that um, are one of the guys in my small group. Um, I was sitting in uh, Pod, I think. Yeah, Pod's the one down, down by the tunnel, right? Yeah, so I was sitting there, and um, I was meeting with a mentor of mine. And when I did that, um, someone walked in who I hadn't seen in a couple years from my high school. And after he walked in, you know, we just, you know, just kind of greeted each other and said, oh, you know, I'll talk to you later. And from there, we grabbed lunch the next week, and we had a conversation. Um, and in that conversation, yeah, I, I asked him what he was doing in his, in his you know, studies here, off-campus activities, and he asked me, and that allowed me to open up 
um, my story and talk about the impact that Kyle has had on me. And so I think that um, in doing that, I've kind of learned that we have to we have to be able to talk to people in a way in which um, we can have those gospel-centered conversations um, without passing judgment on anyone, but rather in a way that is um, productive and fruitful, in a way that is um, a conversation. Um, something else that happened last year, this is kind of a funny story, uh, was I was playing basketball with a couple of the guys here, or we were planning to play basketball, because, you know, that's what we do. And... <laughs> Um, knowing us, we didn't bring a basketball with us. We just kind of went to the corner like, oh, God, I hope we find a basketball. <laughs> and so we go down there, and there was a guy shooting hoops by himself. And uh, we're like, hey, man, you know, I'd love to play basketball with you. Like, we don't have any other choices right now. <laughs> and so he was really gracious enough to let us play basketball with him. And then one of the guys kind of um, got hurt, and so he needed to, like, go... Um, to the restroom and like clear up his hand or whatever it was, I don't remember. But in that moment, I was the only one left uh, on the court with the guy. And I don't know why it was, but I kind of felt a prompting. It was like the Easter weekend. And I said, um, this is, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend, you know, this is a conversation starter, but I said, so man, pretty big weekend coming up, huh? You celebrate Easter? <laughs> and it's not the best way to go about it, I know that. Um, but it opened up a conversation, and I was willing to, you know, I guess, take that moment of, you know, awkwardness or whatever and, and open up to the gospel. And, you know, he, he was very receptive of it and said, yeah, you know, like, I wish I was home right now. I usually go home for Easter. It's, uh, you know, a time, you know, all my friends are home, and I wish I could have been home. Uh, and in that, in that moment, I had an opportunity to invite him to a showing of uh, the Passion of the Christ that we, that, that we put on in, um, in Kogod. And he ended up coming to that, um, and from there... He ended up joining our small group, and he's been, you know, kind of in that small group ever since, and he's growing in the Word each and every day, and so I was really shocked by the way in which um, God was able to work through that situation, even though I asked a pretty dumb question. <laughs> and the final example, actually, was earlier this year, a couple months ago, um, me and a roommate of mine, where is he, Frank, uh, decided to uh, go to, um, to McDonald's at, like, midnight, <laughs> and so we didn't want to walk because it's kind of cold. And so we took a lift ride. And so we take our lift ride. And <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We're, we're lazy. And so we take our lift ride, and the guy takes us to McDonald's. And then he kind of parks his car, and he says, yeah, you know, business isn't very good. Let me get, get a McChicken or something. And so he gets in there, and then he, um, he kind of, we, we, we parted our ways. But he says, hey, are you going back to the same place where you were just at? And I said, yeah. Um, he said, I can drop you off. So we invited him uh, to sit with us. And in doing that, then we began to have a conversation about his life and where he was from. He just moved here a couple years ago. Um, and then just asked him a question and said, hey, you know, I, you said, you know, you're involved in a church here. I was wondering if you've been in a small group or in a Bible study before. Um, and in doing that, then we, had an, we, we were able to invite him into our community, give him kind of a home, give him a, give him a, a sense of who we are. And um, he was receptive of it, and he's been coming to our small group ever since. Um, it's been an incredible, really, like, small group, and it's been, in, it's been amazing to see the way that God has been able to use um, whatever way, I guess, in which I've talked um, to people um, for, his, for his kingdom and for his glory. But I think the big things I've learned from it are that I need to be willing to take that step. I need to be willing to trust in him to, to be able to work through me, and I need to be willing um, to accept whatever God's will is for my life. You know, and this is something I'll touch upon later, but um, sometimes we're seed planters, and we might not be the people that take someone straight to the cross, and we need to be okay with that. I mean, to, you know, um, be confident in God's will for that. 
And so as I kind of go into my final point, I just want to share with you guys that um, we should all trust in God's ultimate will and be content in it. I think those are two different things. Sometimes we trust in God's will, but we're not content in it. You know, we trust in God's will. We say, you know what, God, I trust, you know, whatever, you know, you plan for my life. But inside, we're like, God, I hope you do X, Y, and Z. And when he doesn't, we feel a disappointment. We feel hurt. We feel discouraged. Um, but I think if we're able to trust in God's will and be content in whatever purpose he has for us, then we're able to see um, the manifestation of that in our lives. Um, we need to know that he's not only the author of our stories, but he's the author of the stories that are going on around us. And that we may not have to be the one who brings each person we encounter to Christ. Um, we may just be a seed planter. And we need to know and be willing to do that. Um, I know this is the way John Piper, I like John Piper a lot, as you can tell. Um, he says, the strength of patience hangs on our capacity to believe that God is up to something good for us in all the detours and delays. Um, it might not be us who takes someone, you know, who, who take someone to the cross. It might not be us who has the deepest conversation with them, but we can play our part, and we have to trust that God will do his. And in doing that, um, I think, you know, tonight's Celebration Thursday, you know, and we need to be able to celebrate both small and big victories. You know, today's a big victory that we're celebrating. We're celebrating a commitment that each and every person who's being baptized is making tonight, um, which is amazing. But we also have to be willing to celebrate the small victories, the passing conversation that we might have with someone, the seed that we might plant, that um, discussion that we didn't expect to have, you know, that comment that someone made. We need to be able to celebrate the way that God is working each and every single day um, and know that he, um, he has his best plans at heart for us. I think sometimes, for us, the best encouragement going into the future is looking at what God's done in the past. Um, I know that, you know, we see it throughout the Word that, you know, as, as God is working in people's lives and they kind of begin to have moments of discouragement or moments of stress or moments of strife, um, I feel like as we look back and see the ways that God has provided in the past and we see the ways that God has been able to work in us and use us in the past, um, we're able to really uh, see that God is with us and he is for us and that um, we don't have to worry about whether we get there when we want to, but know that God will get us there as he wants to. Um, and so I just want to finish with a little bit of encouragement as we go home tonight, uh, as we um, go back to our respective cities, towns, countries for some of us going back home um, to different friendships and habits and relationships and backgrounds. Um, I just want you all to know that Christ is with you and that he will walk with you through it all. Um, when we go home for winter break, God doesn't put his pen down and put, you know, like a dot, dot, dot in our story. Um, he doesn't wait to write that next scene of our life until we're back, you know, here at Chi Alpha. And this is something that Blaine says a lot, is that we're not trying to make, um, if we make a you know, great group of Chi Alphans, then we haven't done our jobs. Um, we're trying to, to establish the tenets and principles of Christianity so that as we leave these doors and go out into our different communities, we're able to see that um, God has worked in us and we're able to make impacts wherever we go. Um, and so just a few things on how we can um, kind of maintain that relationship, maintain that, that strength in our personal devotional life as we go home to different settings. Um, I think there's three main things. One is we need to find our joy and commitment and contentment, sorry, in the presence of the Lord. Um, we have to be willing to, to find that, that, to understand that relationship with him and that, that intimacy that we have with God 
um, and allow that to suffice for us. We don't necessarily need a group of 100 people all the time. We have to be willing to trust in him to speak to us and to speak through us in those moments of solitude. Um, and two, I think you have to know that we have the ability to lead the way sometimes. If we're in a community that isn't um, you know, faith-filled, you know, start a small group, start a Bible study, whatever it might be. We've seen that happen all around this campus already this year. And I know as we go home, that's something that we can do to continue to spread the gospel. Um, and finally, we need to understand that we have each and every one of each other. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Um, I think this is a community that we, that we love to build one another up. We love to grow one another and encourage one another. Um, and as we go on our respective you know, homes and wherever we're going, I think it's important that we continue to do that and continue to pour into one another so that we're able to stay strong even when we're away. Um, so just to kind of conclude, I just want to, to let you guys know that community you know, is not about a bunch of perfectionists who are coming together to mend a broken world. You know? I think it, what it's really about is a bunch of broken people who are seeking to be slowly broken down by God and rebuilt again so that we can bring his kingdom to earth. Um, I think sometimes we focus so much on the fact that, um, on the work that God's doing outside these walls, you know, on our campus, in our communities, that we forget that he's still working in each of our lives right in here. Um, and I don't want us to, to, to forget that. And we shouldn't get so focused, um, you know, on outreach that we simply allow cracks to form from within. Continue to support one another and walk with one another as, you know, we go through the valleys and shadows of life, valleys and mountains, shadows, valleys and mountains of life. Um, and in doing that, I think we'll be able to allow our testimony um, to continue to grow. So as we go home, Oops. I just want to encourage you that we should remember that Christ is at work in us wherever we go and in whatever situation we are in, we are to trust in him and his purpose for us. Um, it's a great, you know, this has been a, a great night. You know, we have Celebration Thursday coming up. We're going to celebrate communion in a few moments. Um, I just want to thank you all, and I just want to allow Blaine to kind of share with you guys a little bit more about uh, communion and what we're, like, the reason we take it and what it's all about. So thank you guys.